God's people, on today's show, I am tearing down idols like the eight-year-old King Josiah, along with my guest, Kim Cash Tate. You do not want to miss her story and hear us talk about the book that she wrote 20 years ago that's relevant today. It's entitled More Christian Than African American. Yes, I remixed the title of her book to create the title of this show. Look, you want to visit us? Go to inspireguyspeople.com, select the drop-down box, and go to podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire guys, people, the podcast. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Because the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite because you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. It's time to peel back the layers. Look, if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. But for those who've been rocking with me, y'all already know that our goal on this show is to be united by faith. That means regardless of what color we are, you know, regardless of what social class we are in, what country we are here to unite the believers of Jesus Christ around the world and approach topics, even though they may be tough and complicated and, you know, you got to struggle through some of it. We're here to approach them from a biblical perspective, right? In a real and authentic, genuine perspective as much as possible with all of those things considered. Today is one of those days. But look, it's a couple things I want you to know before we jump into this topic. Number one, you know, we're talking about we're using black literally, right? But I also want you to think about it metaphorically, because I don't want you to think if you're not black or or even if you are black, like I want you to approach this this conversation from an individual standpoint of like, all right, what could I be holding before God as an idol and um, try to make it about yourself versus pointing a finger at other people. And I think we will be very productive in this conversation. But also understand this. Look. You know, because this show is by the grace of God worldwide, we have listeners in several countries every week. Like I've reached out to brothers and sisters, um, you know, in Christ who are white or non-black, whatever else. You, I don't know the correct term. I'm not a politically correct person, as you could tell. But my point is, like, I'm trying to, you know, engage this conversation from a Christian perspective, um, but with different voices, different people from different backgrounds. Just haven't been able to um, confirm or get anyone to confirm an interview um, on that level. But today is going to be amazing. Um, you're going to have a great time. Please do email me, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of today's show. Look, don't be offended. You know, this is brothers and sisters in Christ talking. Um, and if you are offended, I don't know what to say because I just said don't be offended. You know what I'm saying? Just don't be offended. But look, first, we're going to jump into this song entitled Purpose in the Wild by yours truly, J-Will Music, from my latest project, To Whom It May Inspire. This is not always yeah. what you think it is. We were slaves and now we're free. It's not what we thought would be. Feels more like a trial and test. Don't waste time in the wilderness. We were slaves and now we're free. It's not what we thought would be. Feels more like a trial and test. 
time in the wheel. Now let's find your purpose. All this extra time got you wasting time. It's a place in time and for everything. Back then, you were big dreaming. When I get my freedom, I will spread my wings. Then you got your freedom. That's when it gets real. You spend all your time on Netflix and chill. Now you mad like I'm speaking platitudes. Attitude, cause I challenge you. You think that I'm trying to devalue you. You tripping, I'm just trying to balance you. The purpose in you, I see it clear. You're in the wild, so I think you're scared to let it out for the world to see. Jesus Christ just set you free with slaves and now we're free. It's not what we thought would be. Feels more like a trial and test. Don't waste time in the wilderness. We were slaves and now we're free. It's not what we thought would be. Feels more like a trial and test. Don't waste time in the wilderness. I'm just a messenger. We want freedom till we lost in the wild. After a while, it's no turning back. We gon' learn how to face our fears. Stocks and bonds, we gotta learn. We buy shoes, we buy clothes. We ain't been taught to own our homes. We been renters, but we ain't finished. We been saving like you saved our souls. Yeah, we gotta save, be the head, not the tail. Well, we gotta save. There's purpose in the wild, speaking what I know. This ain't where you die, it's where you grow. Lose your fears, find your hope. He'll make a way out of know. We were slaves and now we're free. It's not what we in the wild by yours truly j will music you know what i'm saying that's from my latest project to whom it may inspire y'all know i'm all about inspiring god's people in everything i do so go ahead and you know add me to your spotify and your apple music and whatever else you listen to amazon music just add me on there just type j will music that's one l j w i l m u s i c 
So look, y'all. Um, I also created a track lately. Like I haven't done a track in a while, but we've been doing all these dope inspirational interviews, and y'all know I don't feel right having a segment without an intro song. It just don't feel right. So I went in the studio and I um did some tracking. I haven't done that in a while, but I think it sounds cool. It's different. It's dope. So we now have a little intro theme song for our interviews. And uh, y'all got to hit me up and let me know if y'all like it. If you hate it, tell me you hate it. And uh, I'll probably ignore you and still play it anyway. But I just like the fact that you gave feedback and we were able to be honest with each other. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, check this out. I, I titled it, Let Me Interview You. Um, I mean, y'all know I make a song out of everything. Don't judge me. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. This is Kim. Kim Cash Tate, how are you today? Welcome to Inspire God's People, the podcast. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Jermaine. Thank you for having me. Oh, you don't even know, Kim. Like, so this is the first time we talk. Today is the first time we talk, right? And man, yeah. like you, I am, I'm excited, first of all, like for all my interviews, interviews on this show um, do really well and people get a lot out of them. But this is one of those ones where like, we don't know each other at all, but I really believe right. our values align. And so I'm excited about getting into this conversation. I'm excited too. Let's do it. All right. So let me say this first, um, just to get a listeners an idea of how I, I found you. Um, and I know a lot of people may okay. already know about you, but uh, my mother-in-law, uh, my Becca, shout out to her. She listens to the show. Uh, my mother-in-law, um, we were having a conversation um you know, about this topic, you know, with everything that's going on in the world today. Um, and we kind of do this sometimes as a, we got a couple friends and my wife and my father-in-law, we all kind of, you know, it's four to six of us that always get together. And we had this deep conversation and the next day she um, sent me your, uh, your video, right? Um, okay. More Christian than African American still, or it's either I'm still more yes. Christian. Okay. So she sent me the video <laughs> because she had mentioned in our conversation that she had read your book. You know, she had this book from 20 years ago or so. And I watched right. the video. And when I saw the video, I responded back to her. This is the first person <laughs> publicly, and I haven't seen everything, that I can say mm -hmm. I completely agree with their stance on this issue. So that is how, wow. you know, um, I became aware of you wow. and your message. Okay. Wow. That's that's a statement. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's a big thing. So shout out to my mother-in-law. So, right. So first, yes, Kim. Yes, yes. First, Kim, let's talk about, like, give the listeners an idea of, like, who you are. Um, I like to ask people this question, and maybe this will kind of get you started in explaining that, is, like, who were you in high school? You know, what was your personality, ah. your reputation? <laughs> well, I went to an all-girls Catholic school in um, – Prince George's County, Maryland. So I grew up in the DMV. And in high school, who was I? I was, um, in our high school, we had maybe, I would say maybe 30 black students out of 200. So we pretty much all knew each other well um, anyway. But um, 
I guess I was on the popular side. Um, okay. Yeah, just known for saying what was on my mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? I can see. Yeah. You see, like, look, I always tell people, this is where the gift comes without repentance, right? You didn't exactly, have to be saved exactly. to have that gift, but just getting exactly. saved, right? You use it for the glory of God. Right. So that's cool. See, right, exactly. We, we already uh -huh. had a we didn't already That's had a correct. breakthrough. Um <laughs> all right, so we kind of know who you were then. Can you can we start talking about this this topic um and maybe how you you know again in, in the video and I urge anyone to kind of just look up Kim Cash Tate and check out the video. I'll probably put a link to the video directly in the description of this show so that they can check it out amongst thousands of other people who've already seen it. But you know, can you kind of tell us like, you know, what got you on this message where does your story start for being more christian than african-american my story starts so i already mentioned that i grew up in the dmv so i um i loved i loved where i grew up and it was my plan you know i did not know the lord um so this was my plan that um i, <laughs> I was going to stay there for the for the rest of my life, I went to law school, and I was my plan was to get um, get a position at a DC law firm and just practice law there and be there the rest of my life. But I met my now husband. I met him um, in law school. He was in the graduate school program, and so when we graduated, we graduated at the same time, and he got his opportunity at the University of Wisconsin in Madison to be a professor there. And um and I was like, what? <laughs> All right, that's not <laughs> You 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 trying to get me to go to the D state? I am not Man. leaving. So I you know, long story short, God closed every I didn't even know the Lord, but that did not stop him from closing every door in I the D C area for me to get a job and um and opened up a door in Madison for me to clerk for a federal judge, which was like the best job I could have gotten out of law school. So we go to Wisconsin. Um, I clerk for the judge. I get a position at a top law firm as a litigator. And, but I still hated Madison. I would go home whenever I could. And, um, but it ended up being that Madison was where he saved me. I, I had been there. I think I was there three years. Um, and I was saved in Madison in this city that I could not stand because I kept wow. saying it was too white. So, um, so as when I <laughs> got saved, it was at this, at this AME church. I had never heard the gospel, but uh, my husband's barber told us about his church and we had visited. And it was that pastor, that AME pastor who um, preached uh, about a year after I had been going there. He, he started preaching about the need to be more Christian than African American, and the Lord just used that to penetrate my heart because everything about my whole existence um, was filtered through who I was as a black person. You know, like yeah. everything, and you know, from the time from growing up and from from me hating Madison so much that everything was filtered through my lens as a black person, and from him just making that statement, you need to be more Christian than African-American. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> so that's... that just started, wow. just started me on a path. That, and that's where God used to really show me that I needed to have my identity in Christ and to understand what that meant. Yeah. You know what? And 
So there's something that I always say. Um, it really started as a thought of mine maybe a year or two ago. And it's like mm-hmm. one of the most powerful things we could do in this life is say something to someone that they will never forget. And that yes. pastor, yes. like that pastor in that particular message, you might have heard him preach 45 times, but in yes. that particular message, he literally said something that you will never forget. So I love that. That is that's right. You know, that's one of the reasons I like being a public speaker is for that opportunity. Like when I'm speaking, it's mm-hmm. like the opportunity to to say something to someone like that, that'll stick with them. So this started from a sermon. Now, hopefully you don't mind because uh, I didn't ask you this ahead of time. If I remix mm-hmm. it, sometimes I'm going to I'm going to say more Christian than black because I just like to interchange yeah. African-American and black um, just for no, no, no real reason at all, just because I like saying it. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, all right, this is where you, this is first and this concept is introduced to you. Can you, and you talk yeah. about like, you know, I was in DC back in September for an executive conference, um, for African-American leaders in corporate America where country, um, companies all across the country bring in all their top mm-hmm. black talent. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to go there. That was my first time in DC, like staying there. I had been through. And so I know what you mean just from that experience over a a few days. Yes. Yes. It's different. It is a different vibe. It is a unique, it is. It's a unique vibe. And there's nothing, like for me, and I grew up in Prince George's County, Maryland, which is right outside of D.C. Yeah. And and for a number of years, I don't know if, if we have the status now, but for a long time, Prince George's County had the highest number of black middle class in the country. So I grew up, you know, used to seeing black professionals everywhere I turned, doctors, yeah. teachers, dentists, whoever, lawyers, like every all black professionals everywhere it's, you turn, black this, black that. It's just a unique vibe and I loved it. Yeah. I was I'm not going to lie, my wife wasn't with me cuz I was on business, but I'm uh-huh. like we I told her I'm like we have to go because and I think that's something worth saying that people don't understand. Like I live in Michigan. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. coming down there, I had never in my life been in an atmosphere like that where it was. And I want to say this carefully, you know, all my people, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm from Detroit, no offense to nobody, but there's a certain type. Let's just call it that. Like I had never really been around like, that many black people doing those types of jobs in corporate, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it, w- it was a different mm-hmm. vibe and I enjoyed myself. It was a, one of the better experiences of my corporate career. Um, let, let's talk a little bit, you know, for that, what I want to hear what you, you know, for you, it was obviously this struggle. So like, as you heard that message, right. And you started to kind of be convicted and accept that message of being more Christian than black, like, Mm-hmm. What was that struggle? Because like you said, you had a lot of pride, you know, and, and I'm not going to say uh-huh. had, you have a lot of pride in being black. So what is that struggle mm-hmm. like when you're first hearing that and trying to accept it or, you know, knowing what to do with it? It was, it was, um, because he preached that message, of course, the Holy Spirit was bringing it back in 50 million different situations. <laughs> Whenever yeah. I would encounter a situation, because again, I was pro-black everything. So I was going to support, you know, support any black movie, black this, black that, you know. But now I was starting to say, 
okay, why am I supporting this movie? Because this yeah. is like <laughs> right. not at all something I need to be going to see as a Christian, but yet I'm seeing it because just because there are black actors in it or because there's a black director. Like, yep. so it just, you know, and that may sound like a small thing, but that's really how I began to evaluate everything. I was noticing how often I made a decision. If you, you know, there was no social media back then, but just imagine now if black Twitter starts saying, this is the movie to oh, go man. see, or this is the, the thing to go support. And you're like, uh, not really. Cause yeah. it's <laughs> a know, struggle. What, look what it's about. You know, it's, a, it's so just, so understanding that, um, okay. If this is my filter, if it's me as a Christian, that's my filter. What is pleasing to the Lord? What I need to be guarding my heart. Is this, you know, those are the questions I need to be asking myself, not is there a black director and, right. and therefore it's cool. It has to be, Yeah. is this pleasing to the Lord and is this going to bear fruit in my life and, and what is this going to do as far as me taking this into my heart? And, um, and, and so, again, that's just one example, but I just started seeing throughout my life um, just the opportunity to evaluate choices I was making and to put Christ first in those things. And it, but it, it was a struggle. I remember um, uh, at the time when he, the reason my pastor was preaching the message was because the Million Man March was happening and it was led oh, by wow. Farrakhan and, and Farrakhan was calling for atonement and that kind of thing. And, the, yeah. and so my pastor was saying, you know, Jesus Christ has already atoned for our sins. You know, he's going through this whole yeah. thing like, how are, how are you even thinking about this? You, you need Farrakhan to atone for you or you know tell you to atone what about christ and 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 what does he believe about christ and just making you you know asking the hard questions and thinking about who are you following and what are you adopting and and having discernment and so it was we we had this whole round table discussion around that time and it was quite a discussion because (laughs) it was causing people to think through these things yeah i love i love the context that you added with the million man march because you know um, most of our listeners are millennials, which I am a millennial, but I am on like one of those people that make it by like one or two years as a millennial, technically. So, okay. um, I uh-huh. was actually in high school during this time. So I remember, um, the world before mm-hmm. social media. So that's really good context yeah. of like, you know, before social media, there were still, you know, um, avenues that people were pushing messages in, in Farrakhan. That was a yeah. big thing. The million man March was huge was. in the black community. And so. Um, I love that that started there. So, you know, you start wrestling through it. How does this turn into a book? Like, and and what I love is that this book was released in what nineteen ninety nine. Your book, more Christian yeah. than African American. Uh huh. How did like yeah, so? How did how do you go from hearing this in a sermon to to mm-hmm. creating this book? Walk us through that process. Okay, so I had heard the sermon and. I'm practicing as an attorney at the time I got pregnant with my first child and um, I had, he was born in 1996. And so when I was on maternity leave, I just started feeling this uh, pull towards doing something differently because I knew as a litigator what my hours were evenings, weekends, and it just was not going to be compatible with, um, with raising my son and so my husband and I would talk about it and so I began to pray about what else I could do and I was thinking home-based business and that kind of thing yeah. and as I prayed about it um, I remember vividly sitting in church one Sunday 
And because I had even gotten, you know, books on home-based businesses and trying to figure out what I could do. And I remember the Lord just speaking to me at church one Sunday and saying, I am not calling you to make widgets. Like, I'm going to be <laughs> to do something in business. Right. I'm calling you to write about your spiritual journey. And it just, it, it, it rocked me. And it was so um, clear to me. And I knew before I left church that day, just from that day, that the title needed to be more Christian than African American, because that was the part of my spirit, of my spiritual journey that was so, um, so huge for me. Yeah. And so, um, so I just went and, uh, just had to, got a book. I didn't know anything about writing, writing yeah. books and I had to, um, I had to get a book on how to write a book proposal and what that whole process was like. And I worked on the proposal and, um, worked on my query letter and looked into how to get an agent and God just moved because I finished my proposal and um, I, I think I talked about this in the video, but I finished my proposal and had my query letter. Cause you know, you write the whole proposal, but nobody wants to see your proposal. They just want to see a query letter. And if right. they are interested, then they ask you for the proposal. So I had my query letter and I had a book about um, agents. And I, so I was targeting agents who might be interested and uh, I remember, like, on a Monday, I sent out six query letters, and I prayed over them, and um, and I sent the query letters out on a Monday. And that Thursday, I got a call at work the same week, wow. and somebody said, um, somebody said, Kim, this is Denise Stinson, and I immediately knew her name because I had seen her in Black Enterprise Magazine, and she had been highlighted as... Um, like the agent to so wow. many black celebrities and but I did not send Denise a query letter because Man. she was not in my she was not in my guide to literary agents I didn't know how to get in touch with her but she's calling me at work and I said That's um crazy you know I'm like yes Denise. <laughs> you know I'm like I'm yeah. like okay and she said you sent a query letter to so-and-so in New York and she thought I might be interested in, in your book. She said, did you send me a proposal? I was like, not yet. Wow, right, yeah, <laughs> not said, yet. I was about to. Not yet. Yeah, she's like, can you send it to me? So I sent it to her overnight, and she got it Friday. And on Sunday, she said she wanted to represent me, and she had a contract from a publisher within a month. So God just wow. totally opened up doors. Yeah. yeah, that's what started that. Okay, so there's a couple things I got to rewind and go back to because you said a lot of great okay. things in there. So first things okay. first, you know, I want everyone who's starting, whether it's writing, you know, any type of business or journey, right? This show is about faith and business. So I want I want people to realize mm -hmm. when you're when you're in the, the late 90s and there's no social mm -hmm. media, you know, you talking about right. you had to go buy a book to learn how to write a book. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So exactly. people, I had to I, go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> come on, man. Like I said, see, I was in high school, so I was, I was not old enough yet that myself I was getting into business, or I didn't, you know, go any of those routes. But like, mm -hmm. I've seen that where my parents, my dad had a um an apparel company in the late '90s, and it was ended up being in like East Bay Magazine and things. So I saw where, yeah, like my parents were working things at that grassroots level where you have to like pick up the yes. white pages and find the editor and call them. That's so right. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's crazy. When you compare it even to uh -huh. now, like when you were talking about I know. Um, working at home, it's like, 
man, if if that would have happened now, you probably would have had been on Zoom or Facebook Live within two days. Exactly. And, you know, so so I just want people to have That's a healthy right. respect for people like yourself who had to. I'm not gonna say it was harder; it was different. You know, I don't want people to feel like I'm slighting them, but nevertheless, right. right. The other thing I like about you know what happened for you is that you know the Lord spoke. And you really put action behind that. You put work behind your faith. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then, like, Mm -hmm. it's amazing to see how God works things out because you just took that first step and, like, sent out the query letters and did the proposal Mm -hmm. or whatnot. And the Lord made sure it got to the right person. And within within a week, you had a a book deal with a major, you know, representative. So that that is Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. So it really, it really was. Mm-hmm. So I know that from there, right? Um, just from watching your video, I know that you know you were, you know, you had your book, um, you had your book contract, and you kind of said you went on a, a tour, I believe. And one of the things you say is that you kind of got started getting immediate backlash from the black community, not even because they read mm-hmm. the book, but just off the title, right. like that triggers black people. <laughs> this title just yes. triggers. So tell it, us about that yes, a little bit. Absolutely. Okay, so once I got the book contract and I had to write the book and, you know, there's a whole long process. So it didn't come out till 1999. And um, so for that time, it was a pretty big deal to go on a book tour. And so the publisher sent me to three cities, Chicago, my home in D.C., because at this point, of course, I'm living in Wisconsin. So they sent me back home to D.C., Chicago, and Atlanta. And I went to... um, radio stations and television programs and and on the radio stations i did call in so i remember specifically in chicago and atlanta doing um you know being in the station and them having me in there and they have the listeners call in yeah, <laughs> they yeah. say i'm you know i'm there with my new book called more Christian than African-American. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> and, and, That's and you know, tough. what was what was hilarious is these weren't even gospel radio stations. These were just straight oh, wow. R&B radio stations. Ooh. So they just threw me out there. And um, so people, most of the people, I had some people who, who called in and they were vibing with it. But a lot of yeah. people were calling in like, like, what? More Christian <laughs> yeah. than African-American? You were black first, and you always gonna be black first. And you know, you added Christian along the way, and blah 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 blah. And so you must hate, you must hate who you are as a black person. And oh, so you don't, you know, you one of these blah blah blah. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know what? That's rough, and that's yeah. one of the things, right? I think you know, especially. I mean, now you look at it's a different world now, but I would say what was maybe a little tougher back then is that, like you said, being on a book tour and those type of things everyone couldn't do it. So it was a big deal. Um, Uh There were less people talking and more people listening. So to go out with a bold message like that in the late nineties was like really stepping into the fire. And if we just being honest, right, that title, it is a shocker to someone, especially if you're not a Christian, but it's Christians that can't even handle it. Right. Even now it's a shocker. Yeah. Even now it's a shocker. Yeah. So yeah. And, and I was still a fairly new believer. So that book came out in 99. I became a believer in 1994. So I had been a believer for a few years. But yeah. um, 
but I had never been in a situation like that. And so just having to, you know, defend the faith and defend yeah. what you believe and just being <laughs> thrown out there. It was, yeah, it was quite an experience. So, so can you tell me, how do you view that time in your life back then versus now? Like, how did you view ha- experiencing that backlash in the moment? And then now that you're 20 mm-hmm. years removed and looking back, like, you know, and this could be positive or negative, pros or cons, you know, the way you viewed it then versus how you view it now. I think now I I see it as, um, <laughs> I it's, it's, it's interesting because I see it now as just a formative time where the Lord was just teaching me a lot about, um, because again, that's the identity issue and understanding that the thing that, that I, I had held so tightly to that black identity and that Lord was changing me and changing yeah. my heart, he was showing me that it takes the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, because in the world, it makes no sense. And, yeah. and, I, and I, so I, saw, I saw how, and just how it really is a spiritual thing. So just seeing how, you know, the enemy does not want our identity to be identity to be grounded in Christ. He does not Amen. want us to have a clear sense of, of who we are. And, and that eternal, because the only identity that will last forever is who we are in Christ. And, and he does not want us to have that understanding. So just from, from my standpoint now, I see the warfare that was happening then and, and that all the people that were coming against that message, that was just spiritual. Yeah. And um, yeah, so at the time, it was like, Oh, I don't want to deal with, you know, having to defend this, you Man. know, from a personal standpoint. But now I just see more so that it was spiritual. And I, and you know what? I hope that that's why I asked that question. Um, I hope that helps someone because the way the world is today, right? You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. are feeling suppressed and wanting to speak up with messages like this. And you're yeah. almost scared to say it because there's so much yes. pressure um, yeah. you know, to think as a group and, and not to have an yeah. individual opinion and not to be a believer. And so one thing mm-hmm. I would say to someone out there who's listening now is, you know, listen to Kim as she talks about, you know, it might be tough right now, but if you just make it through, mm-hmm. if you just stand on the faith and like get through this moment, then yeah. later on, a lot of times we see clearer what the Lord was doing. Exactly. And a lot of times when you get pushed back in the moment, the Holy Spirit is still planting seeds. So you don't know Amen. what you're saying that in that moment, somebody may argue with you. But when they walk away and even weeks down the road, the Holy Spirit will be working on that person's heart. And you may never know that they <laughs> changed yep. their opinion on the matter, but you're sowing seeds. Yeah. And, and to that point, like about sowing seeds. Like, we can't make it about us. And sometimes we all do. I know I'm guilty mm-hmm. of that. Like, you want to see the, that result. Like, no, I put my time in it. Yes. It's like, you saved or not, you know. Yes. But it's like, the, right. it's about the Lord. And we have to be unselfish in our giving of his word and our gifts. So, yes. all right. So here's something interesting. There was, you know, you talked about, you know, kind of, you know, you were getting backlash from the black community. But you talked about how mm-hmm. the white community loved it. And I already know, like, and I don't want to, I definitely want to allow you to speak to that without putting words in your mouth. But the way I, when you said that, it connected mm-hmm. with me because I don't think people understand sometimes the challenge and the struggles that we're going through internally 
as we deny ourselves. Now, we're talking about being black. Mm -hmm. Really, this is interchangeable with anybody. Like, a white believer should be yes. saying the same thing. I'm more Christian than white. Absolutely. Right? And, or Absolutely. whatever else, whatever you have, just like the rich young ruler, we should be denying ourselves in any way. But I want to hear mm -hmm. what you have to say about, like, what was that struggle like where you have the black community disliking it, you know, and then mm -hmm. the white community loving it, which I think I, I think I know at least I know how that make would make me feel, but I'm curious, how did you kind of, you know, mentally process that aspect and, and talk a little bit about that and then being on a 700 club. Okay. So I, um, so fast forward some years, um, we are now living in St. Louis because we went from Wisconsin to Dallas and I was at a predominantly black church in Dallas and, and they, embraced the book they were believers and they understood the message they were mature believers and they loved it but come to st louis and we were at a predominantly white church because that's just where the lord led us yeah. and um and i had updated the book um at this point so it was about 10 years later i updated the book to um to what the lord had been doing in my life since it was first released and i put it back out and a lot of people at that church mostly white people at that church they loved the title and you know just based on even things that that were happening politically at the time yeah. and and so forth they just they kind of like used that title and and what i was saying to be like you know see oh because this can is all be colorblind <laughs> this is uh for context if i if my if my math is right this is around barack obama's first term Either yes, when he was it running. was. Okay. Yes. All right. So yes. I love the yes. context of what the Lord is doing in your life and how it all adds up. Yes. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you yes. off. I just wanted to point that out. No. Yeah. No. That was good. And um, and I did not. I did not um send the book to Seven Hundred Club. They contacted me. Somebody somehow they found out about the book and they wanted wow. to um they wanted to interview me and they actually came out to my house. They flew out here and we did an on-camera interview and and it aired and when it aired they gave it the title kim cash tape goes colorblind so wow. it was like this whole and i'm thinking like what <laughs> that wasn't even in the interview i never said anything about yeah. being colorblind but that to me that's how white people were singing it like um yeah. because they like to use the verse you know there is neither jew nor greek you know and all yeah. the and and, and and so they want to say there's neither black nor white, you know, we're just all color. That's, that is not true. And yeah. so I just, um, I did not like that because I felt that, um, you know, I was like, don't use me as a pawn, <laughs> as somebody yeah. that you can point to and say that, that issues, issues of injustice or whatever don't matter because, we're all colorblind because it's not even true. You just, you don't even recognize, like you said, that you need to be more Christian than yes. white. You don't even recognize how you're seeing the world. You don't recognize the lens that you wear yeah. as a white person because you're not even colorblind as you think you are. So, And, um, and I want to say this too, because that's a, a good point. What I, what I want to say to anybody who might be hearing that and question it, think of it this way. If the book was titled More Christian Than American, you're not mm -hmm. saying that you don't love America. You and if right. someone tried to say, right. "Hey, this person is country blind. They don't even 
You'll right. be like, whoa, wait a minute. Right. I still love being an American. I'm still proud of being American, but I'm putting mm-hmm. America in its proper place. And, and I think yes. people need to be yes. able to understand and deal with the fact that let, I'm American. I went to Toronto last year and had a great time, but I can go to Canada right. and, and still be an American and still get along with Canadians and understand that. So exactly. there's this struggle. Sometimes people want to interject their own agenda into what these messages mm-hmm. are really saying. So I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, because for me, it was always important to convey. I love that the Lord made me a black woman. I wouldn't yeah. want to be any other shade of color <laughs> I yeah. or ethnicity. I love who I am as a black person, and I still do. It, but like you said, it's just understanding who's first and um and that that has to be the priority and the filter and so but i think that and so i didn't want to be used as someone who's supposedly saying i'm colorblind i don't see my color that's not even realistic nor nor are we called to do that biblically there's nowhere biblically (laughs) you know when john and i just finished a study on revelation where john is seeing a vision in heaven with people from every tribe and tongue, and they yeah. said, how could he tell they were from every, every if tribe. he were colorblind, he wouldn't be able to tell that they were yeah. from every tribe and nation and tongue, so and obviously the, no, 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 go, no ahead. go ahead, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off um, no, I was just going to say, obviously, obviously the Lord made us a beautiful tapestry to be to behold exactly. as from him to reflect him, mm-hmm. you know and it would be like going to a restaurant, so like I have, you know some me- Mexican heritage, right um I mm-hmm. never met that side of my family. It's like my my mother's father, that side. And um, I don't even really know him. Um, but shout mm-hmm. out. Shout out, granddaddy. <laughs> just, just in case somebody <laughs> here in my family, like, yo, you know, whatever. I can say, I can say it's all love. Right. Um, but right. my point is, like, when I go to a restaurant, you know, I enjoy different types of food. Sometimes you like Mexican. Sometimes you want American. Sometimes you want Chinese. You know, but I would never go yeah. to a Chinese re- food restaurant and say, oh, this ain't Chinese food. Like, I right. think sometimes right. we need to be real with ourselves about how to view these things as Christians. It's OK that you are originally from D.C. and I'm originally from Detroit. We don't have to lie and say mm-hmm. we're from the same city just to see each right. other equally. That's not yeah. like I'm not asking a, yeah. a white or a Mexican or Indian person not to be Indian or Mexican or white. But it's just more right. so as brothers and Christ, uh, sisters in Christ, we should be united by faith. That faith yes. should be the the core. So, all right. So you, yes. you know, you had this experience and, you know, I want you to talk a little bit, you know, if you will, about how you started to distance yourself for a time from this message and maybe some of what, what the struggles or. Um, you know, what that was like in your mind, you know, why did you distance yourself a little bit from the message and then how did the Lord bring you back to it? I had just, um, I think I had, well, so after the, the book had been updated and released, I had started, the Lord had called me to write Christian fiction. So I was on, um, a path of writing novels and I was speaking. Um, and so I was just, just on a different so I, you know, yep. you don't, you write a book and then it's behind you and then you're doing something else. And so I had started writing novels and putting those out. I was homeschooling my kids. I was, I had left my job as an attorney. So I was at home now. So my life was just very different. And so I, that book was sort of in my rear view mirror. And 
and I didn't really want to talk about it because, again, I was writing novels now, and whenever I brought that book up, it's just immediately, depending on who you are, yeah. it becomes a whole thing, you know? <laughs> and so they, And I didn't like the fact that people would pigeonhole me depending on if you're a white person I'm talking to or a black person I'm talking to. You get pigeonholed yes. as something that probably isn't even the case. And it, what's funny is I even noticed it with the video. Because of the title of the book, everybody wants to read this book thinking that it's a whole treatise on more Christian than It is not. It's a memoir. and that, So it's about my entire life, and that's just one part of it. It's the title because that was such a huge part of the Lord transforming who I was, but it's about so much more than that. So I just felt that that title was just, um, people didn't understand. And, um, well, I, yeah, I did. I, I just kind of, I just wouldn't even bring it up. I'm not <laughs> mad just, at that. I'm not would, mad at that. I would talk about my novels and whatever else I was doing. And I would not even bring that book up. Because, yeah. because people, a lot of times, and, and again, man, I just want, you know, people listen, and this is real relevant for everything that's going on in the world today. As a people, sometimes we just want to argue our position and we don't want to listen to each other. So uh -huh, we see a headline uh -huh. on a video or we see something and we're sharing things to make points. And that's why I love how I was introduced to this because my mother-in-law sent it to me and she was not sharing it in a, in a sense of like, hey, see, look at it was no, it was something that we talked right. about. It was in a proper context. She knew that I was mm -hmm. in agreement with it, but you were adding more layers to something um, that we had maybe only covered the surface. And so we listened mm -hmm. to your video, like we listened, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that's an important part. Read the book, listen to the video, hear what this person is yeah. saying. Don't just interject. Yeah. And, and you said something very important. It's from the white side and it's the black side. It's equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. People want to interject their mm -hmm. own agenda. So, mm -hmm. so you you got got away from it, and we're doing some other things. And I and just from looking at your Instagram, um, at Kim Cash Tate, right? Um, yes, I can see that even now you are a multi layered believer, and and people do want to pigeonhole you and make and just like view you one way. But I see like you do all type of cool stuff from Bible studies to podcasting. And I'm not sure, mm -hmm. do you do something? I know you you sing now. And I almost mm -hmm. want to say I saw something that seems like performing arts, but I'm not sure if that's what it was. Yeah, I created, um, I wrote and created a web a web series that I actually um, am starring in. That, that, that Again, God just moving in ways yeah. that I don't understand. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we have seasons one, seasons one and two on my YouTube channel called Clean the Series. Um Okay. Is on there. So I gotta yeah. check it out. I gotta check it out. I watch I saw it. I was looking and it was on mute. That's why I wasn't I'm like, this looks like performing uh -huh. arts, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. But my point is like uh -huh. even that time in your life served a purpose. Even the time yeah. that you kind of went away and were and was doing all these things is like the Lord was building all of these these elements of who you are. And so yes. can you tell us a little bit about what brings you back? What brought you back to this message? What was that process like? Um, so I, um, I'm at a point now where my kids are, they're both in college. So my life has really for the last couple of years, like I said, I'm just always busy with, I'm, 
I've done the web series in the last couple of years. I've put out two albums. I'm a singer songwriter. I'm still writing novels. I write books. I write, I do Bible studies. So I have Love so it. much I'm always doing. And uh, so I'm, again, I'm not thinking about some more Christians and African American book and like at all. And then yeah. <laughs> as we get into this, um, as we get into this pandemic, um, and then, you know, we get into Ahmaud Arbery, and yeah. then George Floyd is killed, and then we still have Breonna Taylor, who, um, who police officers haven't been arrest- arrested. So we we start seeing all these things in the headlines, yeah. and um, and then that becomes, you know, we we kind of move from, oh, what's everybody doing doing during the quarantine, and how are you spending your time? To now we're protesting and. Um, and it's just become something entirely different. And so it's just uh, as, as we start paying attention to this, um, the social injustice that's happening, um, you know, we're, we're all rightfully um, upset about it. Yeah. And, and I start, so I, I'm pretty, not, I'm, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I always, I'm always on Twitter yeah. and, and looking to see what's on there. So especially during these types of times, I'm, um, and what's out there, and I started seeing where some of the pastors I follow, black pastors I follow, you know, because whenever something like this happens, I don't, I don't really focus on what's happening um, in the world per se, I'm but I look you. at what's happening within the within the body, and um, and so every time something like this happens, I'm looking at the war within the body from yeah. the, uh, you know, the the black believers and white believers and who's saying what and what. And, and uh, but I saw a string of tweets by a black pastor where he was saying that um, it was important for white believers to understand that if you want to um, identify with with uh, what's happening right now with black people, then you need to identify with us as black people first, and not as your brothers and sisters in Christ. Wow. And I was like. Wait a minute, what? So I'm, wow. I'm like, I read the, I nice. read the thread again, and I'm like, did he, did he just say that? And um, the fact that he was saying, like, he used the the word black first, yeah. not Christian. And um, and i and then I'm, and I saw other posts that were kind of similar, and it was like the Holy Spirit was bringing it back, bringing it back, and I said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I'm trying to engage with. But I just kept seeing it, and then yeah. I was being contacted by, um, I actually, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Nancy Wogamuth from Revive Our Hearts Ministries, but she um, she's no. had a radio program for about 20 years. But she they asked me to go on this Grounded show that they have, um, they started during the quarantine. And, and I was going to talk about something totally different, because um, they wanted me to teach on something from Scripture, and the... Holy Spirit changed the message the day before, wow. and I just kind of touched, touched on the issue. I didn't talk about more Christian, Christian than African American, but I touched on what was happening um, with the with the injustices. And so, and right that day, um, the Lord is just He just convicted me. He said, "You speak on this issue." You know, it's like because when I saw that when I saw that written up tweet, yeah, I was like, "Man, this is just like." I said, Lord, you're bringing this like this is like so relevant again. You know, the like need it happened to be, yesterday, like you wrote it yesterday. Like yesterday, the need to be more Christian than I think. And I was thinking, I was talking to a friend about it actually, and I said, 
this is the same thing 20 years later. And so we're having this private conversation. And then, so this day, the Holy Spirit said, you know, that conversation you were having and you were saying, you know, this is the same thing. You're going to get on the video and speak about it. Mm. <laughs> like, okay. And, and, I, and I was going back and forth with the Holy Spirit. You know how you do. Like, that same oh feeling goodness. of like, I don't feel like dealing oh with this. Because <laughs> I, I automatically knew. You know, I was like, yep. oh, man, as soon as I put this out. Because most of the people who follow me, you know, I have people who read my novels and people who do yep. my Bible studies on YouTube. I have all these different people, and pretty much none of them knew about this first book. Right. I don't talk about it. So I said, now everybody's going to know about this title, and they're going to, I don't feel like hearing, and it wasn't even, the, I, I was really thinking about the other people who didn't know me at all, but I was just like, I don't feel like hearing it. I don't feel like battling people yep. and trying to. You know, explain. I'm just not here for that. I got too much I'm doing. <laughs> I'm with you. It, it's a lot. You know, you know what I mean? It's a lot of energy. It takes energy to lot. deal with stuff like that. Once you, but, once yeah, you, like, once you step out there, and, and again, you know, we we can't we can't run like Jonah. You know, and so you, right, you start exactly. once you start getting convicted, you know that you have to do right. it. I, I know, went. I know. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I went through the same thing just because. You know, and I was telling you before before um, we got on the show, like this show isn't about current events. We don't mm -hmm. tackle current events. We're proactive. We're not mm -hmm. reactive. And so I tried to deny it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, I'm not talking yeah. about it. Like, cause right. you know, I got, right. you know, we got all type My of listeners. listeners. I want to hear that. Yeah. Right. I'm like, man, I don't want to <laughs> deal with that. But, but to your point as believers, there's a responsibility when God calls you to something and I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. excited that you did um, pick the mantle back up and, and start talking through this message. And, you know, can you tell us um, just a little bit of like before I, I want to get into like you talk about how we can't minimize prayer because I know mm -hmm. you were seeing some of the social media posts. I was seeing a lot of them because I do the same thing. I pay attention to the church and um, yeah. a lot of Christians, that's what's been disturbing and kind of burdening, burdening during this time is that mm -hmm. both white and black Christians are like pinning up against each other. And it's like, people are yeah. not even thinking about like us being brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, we got to take action, right. not prayer. So how did that, right. like, can you talk about that? Just the importance of prayer in the spiritual part of all of this? Um, absolutely. Um, my main ministry is, it's called clean C L I N G. I wrote a book called clean which is um, have, has to do with intimacy with God. And so prayer is such a big part of what I talk about a lot in recognizing that that's how we walk with the Lord. That's, that's that intimacy with God is prayer. And so um, when, I was, when, I was, when I see posts from believers minimizing prayer and saying it's time to take action, what action are you going to take Man. apart from prayer? <laughs> are you going to move in your own strength? <laughs> It doesn't even make sense. You don't do anything without prayer. And so in the video, I was just walking through a couple of examples of in the Old Testament with King Jehoshaphat and King Hezekiah when they were confronted by the enemy, how the first thing they did was pray. They went to the Lord in prayer, and then they went to battle, and they didn't even have to fight because they right. had 
afraid. And in one case, the Lord sent his angel who slew the entire um, army, the opposing army. And in the other case with Jehoshaphat, they were just praising God and went out to battle and he caused the enemy to self-slaughter. So prayer, mm. it, prayer is where you call in the forces of heaven. Yeah. And you, what, what are you going to do in your own shit? It was just another example of being more Christian than anything else. Because if you, if you want to, if you just want to move to action and you want to, it's like, I was thinking about um, the example with Moses when he sent out the, the 12 spies mm-hmm. and the Lord said, well, no, you, you know, you didn't want to believe me. So you want to rebel. Now you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 Man. years. So after he, after he gave that sentence, those, the people who have rebelled and didn't want to believe God said, okay, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, we're going to go ahead and meet the enemy now. We're right. going to do it. And they went to battle and they got slaughtered. <laughs> like, you can't, can't do, do anything it without apart God. from the Lord. You can't do it. So don't. So I was just like, don't minimize prayer to me because I know prayer is powerful. I have seen it in my own life. I see it in the word of God. And I'm not doing anything apart from prayer. If you know the power of prayer, it's just a ridiculous statement to say it's not time for prayer. It's time for action. Can't do nothing without it. I totally agree. And like, to your point, when I just think about just off the top of my head, how many, I mean, Daniel put himself in jeopardy because he didn't, wouldn't stop praying. Absolutely. <laughs> like, bro, Absolutely. Like, he, he gonna pray <laughs> like, to the point. I don't care what ordinance you pass. I'm going, I'm going to pray. <laughs> so think about that. Like, like, think about if we put prayer at that level of a priority that it's worth risking yes. our lives for versus saying, yes. oh, no, I'm like you said, I'm going to step out there in and of my flesh and I'm going to no, you're going to get yourself hurt. And I think yes, that all believers across the world, we all need to understand this important power of prayer. We need to be praying more than we ever prayed. Yes, not absolutely not putting down prayer. Uh, for these temp- mm-hmm. t- temporary fixes, like, and so mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Kim. Like, so for you, how does how does this message, like, for for the average person out there, white, black, whatever, whatever we are, right? How do we mm-hmm. all put that down? Because I love this message, and what I really want my listeners to know is, like, you know, regardless of how tough it may be for some of us, or just like I said, with the mm-hmm. rich young ruler, we see what happens when you don't put down that thing that you're holding before God. Like, yeah. how do we do it? Like, what are what are any small, even if it's simple, small, practical steps towards, like, how do we start taking these steps? If I'm white and I'm putting my whiteness before my Christianity, if I'm black and doing it, mm-hmm. like, what are some simple mm-hmm. steps we can take, some things we could do? Well, I think first, because um, many people think that that's not what they're doing, I think the first um, important thing to do is to, we just talked about prayer, go to the Lord and pray, asking him to show you your own heart, because the Lord will show you. And um, I, I have even prayed, you know, for the Lord to convict me where I need to be convicted. Show me all the because you know he says put no other gods before me so we need to know what other gods do i have before you because these are idols and um so we need to pray and ask god to show us what do we have and what's in our hearts what what is there 
in our hearts that we are putting before him. And then once he shows you and you understand and, and repent, because repentance is um, something that we ought to, ought to engage in. Um, Amen. And then the Lord is gracious. You know, he will help you. So we don't have to do anything in our own strength. So once we see, okay, Lord, you know, I think I really do need to um, put these things aside. I need to, I just want my identity to be in Christ. Show me how to do that. He will show you. He will give you the grace. Like I talked about earlier, he will show you where you're not putting him first. He'll show you whether it's, you know, whatever segment of your life where um, you haven't been doing that, he'll, he'll start to open your eyes to see, and then he will give you the grace to put Christ first in that area to make choices that glorify him. And it, it, it doesn't happen overnight at all. It's a it's process. A process. And I love it. Thank God for grace and for, for, for the ability to, to walk with him through that process. He's patient with us. And so, um, you know, our whole lives, you know, that's part of sanctification. Yeah. We're always going to be tempted to put something before the Lord, and sometimes we, we don't even realize we're doing it. But in his grace, he convicts us, and um, and then he helps us. So, And that's part of clinging to God, just walking with him and having a yielded, being a yielded vessel for him to show you where you need to grow where you can glorify him yeah. and, and, and allowing him to give you that grace to do so. And you don't even realize, see, you said a trigger word. We have trigger words on this show. And the most, the okay. absolute most important word since episode one for all my listeners who've been rocking the whole time is process. From day one, okay. everything that we talk about, I love that you pointed that out. Like it, we mm -hmm. like to talk about how it's a process to get there. So, no matter who we are, no matter yeah. what we're trying to do, I love that you pointed out, like, you got to start somewhere and start with that prayer. But you also said some things that are so important about, you know, this self-evaluation and being being mm -hmm. honest with yourself as you take yourself before the Lord and allow him mm -hmm. to, to point out those things. And if we being real, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we are in a little bit of denial. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so important mm -hmm. right now as believers for us all to put down those things that we are elevating before Christ. Um, something yeah. else you talk about in your video that I couldn't agree with more is like, we're allowing the world to write the narrative. And I, I actually think a lot of the tension and things that are going on in the church is because mm -hmm. we as the church, which you are with a message like this, but as a collective, I don't believe that we are leading the charge. I think we're, grabbing mm -hmm. hold to the world's messages and agendas and trying yeah. to like, it's almost like we want the world to save us and we have yes. the gospel. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so we have the power. Yeah. Right. So, so I guess like, I want to ask you like, like, what do you think the importance is for, you know, people to get connected and tapped into biblical leaders and, People, even on, even on social media, right? Because if we're being honest, a lot of us are mm -hmm. following people on social media, and it's kind of like you said earlier, where at some point you had to put down certain movies and put things down, right? And that's for each yeah. person to figure out yeah. and go to God on. I'm not telling people yeah. what to watch or listen to, but what I am saying is I know that some of these actions that are that we're acting out is because we saw a mm -hmm. three minute Instagram video from a, our favorite black yeah. or white celebrity, and we just ran with mm -hmm. it. 
Mm-hmm. So what do you yeah, think that importance is? We have to constantly be testing the spirit, you know, as First John says, because if if somebody says something that sounds a little bit like, you know, even if it's uh, somebody says, oh, I'm a person of faith, and then we'll just run with that and follow yeah. that person, and then but not not using any discernment when they're using incendiary language about white people, you know, like all yeah. oh, white people or whatever, or yep. um. Just things that we know are not biblical, and we will follow that person because they're saying all the right things, that, all, all the things that we say we want to hear that um, are tickling our ears regarding um, justice and, and the work for justice, but it's not biblical. And so we can't, we can't pursue avenues that run counter to the word of God and think that we're going to achieve anything <laughs> that is lasting it can't happen that's just making that's just mocking god that's not going to happen yeah we have to we have to pursue it the lord's way and and glorify him and walk in obedience and walk in unity with our brothers and sisters because the kingdom is the most important agenda and to that point right one of the things in my prayer time and study time that the the lord has really been dealing with me on and like something i've been really wanting to say to my audience, and we talked about it a little bit, is like, mm-hmm. if you actually, like, if we all actually, like, follow God's word, all of yeah. these things are a part of Christianity. So, like, we know that, yeah. for instance, we know that injustice is real. But if yeah. we accept Christ, then we are also putting aside injustice. I mean, I was just reading in Proverbs, I believe, 19 yesterday, and it, and it was kind of breaking down um, you know, not having an injustice towards someone who's innocent. So I think people got to realize mm-hmm. too, one of the, one of the struggles, right. I try to f- put myself in the mind of people who are out there. I'm like, man, how was this person that I thought was a solid believer, like following right. just so easily. But part of it is because right. people are looking for something that actually addresses what, they believe to be true from their own life experience. So I think as the church, we got to be real with ourselves and be like, okay, there is injustice out here. Yo, they had my, his, his knee on his neck. Like that's murder, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. when we can do those things, but we have to be careful not to take those things so far that we say, because that's murder, dot, dot, dot. It's like, "Mm, no, Mm -hmm. vengeance is still the Lord's. We still need to pray. Like we still have to right. do it the Christian way, right? Yes. And so, absolutely. All right. So, one of the last things I want to um, talk to you about, um, I, I want to end a little bit talking about your personal life. We kind of started with your personal life, and I want to end talking about your personal life. I saw that okay. your husband um, just got assigned to kind of a historical role, and I want to hear about that. And I want to hear about just a little bit about um, family life and. You know, as you've been on this journey for 20 years or so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what the Lord is doing for your life now and how it's all come together and what your plans are going forward. Um, So can you talk about family and and your husband and and life and everything else? Absolutely. So my husband is William Tate, and um, he has we're just so just thankful to God that he was appointed this year as the provost of the University of South Carolina. So that was an historical appointment there. Prior to this had not been um, a black provost 
in the SEC. Wow. And this year, two have two have now been appointed. I think somebody in the, the provost at Arkansas now has also been appointed. But um, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's a shame that this is the first, but yeah. um, but we're thankful to God for that appointment for um, for Bill, and he just started uh, July. So wow, this so this is new. Is, so very, very new. How's the reaction to that been? You know, I, I've never actually been to South Carolina. I know that y'all are like football country down there in the SEC. But what is um, mm-hmm. what has it been like for him? You know, just whether it be the reactions or just how is he embracing this opportunity? People are very excited. The, the interesting thing is he was down there a year ago and he was a finalist for president. And oh, there wow. were there were uh, four people in the running and we actually I was there with him on the the day that the board was supposed to be making a decision and he had been told it by the um, headhunters that it looked like he had the vote and they were asking him what he you know they were talking sassy and all these things yeah. and um we thought he was going to be president and at the last moment the board just they ended up just uh, for two, three hours debating, and they decided they weren't going to appoint anybody because they were deadlocked, and so they they put an interim in. But over the summer, they kind of um, they did kind of went under the rug and brought in the current president, who is a great man. But just the the way the board did it um, yeah. was interesting, and so for him to now come back as provost, a lot of people are. Um, which I felt because the president and my husband are Christians. And I just felt that that was the, the yeah. Lord just to bring them back, you know, together in that way. And, um, and so people are really excited and to have Bill there because the faculty and students had voted overwhelmingly. I think my husband got 90 some percent of the vote for president from wow. the faculty and students. Wow. So they are really excited to have him there as provost and, um, you know, of course, now we don't know if they're, what's going to happen with the virus and yeah. students coming back and there's all that. But um, so we're praying about that. But, yeah, I'm really no, excited but, for my husband to, to take this position. Yeah, that's I mean, congratulations to him. That's an amazing thing. And, you know, I've been telling people this entire time. Right. I, I understand that this virus has has made it a challenge for, you know, the whole world. Really. Right. There's it's, it's been challenging mm-hmm. the way it's been handled. And I'm not going to get into that. But the one thing I thank God for is that, you know, and this doesn't mean that if something happened bad to someone that they're not a believer, right? But in God's time, uh-huh. we don't have to accept just because the narrative is that it's a bad year. I've been telling my New Year episode, yes. Happy New Day, um, because I, I was uh-huh. telling us uh-huh. we need to take it a day at a time. And I'm just excited for yes. the testimonies. Like so many believers I know this is like the best year of their lives when they, when they really mm-hmm. stop and look that at it. That is true. Yeah. That's actually true. All right. So mm-hmm. I do want to ask you one more thing. I'm sorry. I said that was the last thing. Um, no, it's fine. Because you are, and it's just, as you were talking about your husband, I thought about like how well traveled you guys are. You, you know, you start in DC from Wisconsin to St. Louis and all these different mm-hmm. places. I would imagine that you have, um, a large amount of both black and white Christian friends and followers. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm right. curious, like, because first I'm going to give my opinion about this, right. To, to be fair, like my, okay. my opinion is like, I think we do ourselves a favor 
when we allow ourselves to be a little more cultured. And that's on white mm-hmm. and black side. I think I think some of the mm-hmm. misunderstandings come from you're not dealing with people. Like I grew up in the inner city of Detroit. Detroit, at mm-hmm. least as of a couple years ago, I don't know what it is today, was the most segregated city in the country. Like it's 88% mm-hmm. black. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got in college and, you know, I worked for a Fortune 50 company and been there 14 years and just growing my career. And now that I've been exposed to like corporate America and these things, I had to learn how to deal with other people, ethnicities, um, people from different places. But it has made me a much more well-rounded and better person. And I'm curious, just Mm -hmm. from your experience, would you agree or how do you feel about what that's done for you? Oh, I absolutely agree. And I've I've been in, you know, situations like that from the time practicing as an attorney before I even became a believer. I, I was the only black attorney in my firm for the wow. long time and um, being with my, uh, when, I, when I became a believer and I was signed and I was writing novels, I was signed to Thomas Nelson, which is now HarperCollins Christian and the only black um, author signed there. So whenever wow. I went to the publishing headquarters, there were no black people. So you just, you have to, <laughs> you have to learn how to operate in the world with all kinds of people. And, um, and yes, my, absolutely. I have a lot of, friends, you know, Filipino, white, black, Hispanic, um, Indian American. I have uh, all kinds of friends yeah. of different ethnicities and um, who are believers and, and non-believers. So uh, it's, it's definitely enriched my, my life. And I'm thankful that through the books I write, I have a lot of white readers and and so they kind of get up on black black culture from reading yeah. my books. And I appreciate that, that they tell me, because, um, you know, I write, I try to make my characters real and they're going to talk like we talk, you know, yeah. when we're at home and we're in our families and talking to our friends. And so they learn about a lot about black culture from reading my books. And I love that. And I, and I really, I've told many of my white friends who are believers when we were at the church in St. Louis, that was predominantly white for a few yeah. years. Um, there were only a handful of black families there. And I I told them, I said, I think we're here so you all can learn about black people. Because yeah. you know, they don't really, they don't really, they didn't really have black people in other areas of their lives. And so we, we would talk about many issues. And, you know, I'm not offended if you want to ask me something yep. about culture, my culture and um and well well do black people do this or that you know there's no reason to be offended we're just trying to get to know each other and so they um i thought that was a great experience not just for us but for them to get to know black people and to have that type of um relationship as brothers and sisters in christ and if we can all do that without all the politically correct stuff right we could just build those relationships and be real let some people ask some tough questions Yeah, you yeah. like when you do that, what ends up happening is we start walking out a, our Christianity differently because we haven't mm-hmm. limited ourselves. Like we could be proud mm-hmm. of our culture without limiting ourselves to our culture, um, because I'm yes. very proud to be from Detroit, but I definitely mm-hmm. moved from Detroit, you know, so it's like it, mm-hmm. th- there's a there's a way you don't have to forget who you are, where you came from um, to grow. Um, or, or some people, That's or you right. will never grow. You'll stay in the same spot and it'll be like, man, God never moves. So, well, Kim Cash right. Tate, I definitely appreciate your time today. I do want to give you an opportunity to tell 
the listeners how they can follow and find you. Um, like I said, I will put um, some links in the description, but um, tell them, you know, if they want to um, stay in touch and on top of everything you're doing, how they can find you. Okay. Um, my website is kimcashtape.com. That's just one place where you can, you can see everything I'm doing. But uh, my YouTube channel is very active. You can find me on YouTube at Kim Cash Tate, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Kim Cash Tate. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate you. Um, and stay in touch. Thank you, you, know, it, you know, let's let's stay connected. I look at it as I view it as a blessing to have come across your path. And um, God bless you and nothing Likewise. but love to you from Inspire God's people. God bless you, too. Thank you so much, Jermaine. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. All See, right, you, thank later. you. See right, you later. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.